Hey, hey, y'all, this is Nicolette. You're listening to Definitely Not For Everyone. Fuck, if you're listening, you know it's definitely not for everyone. Um, so today I'm talking to my girl, Lena. Um, this is part two to the part one. If you listen to the part one, um, you know how deep that shit went. And if you haven't listened, you need to listen. <laughs> Beware, it's a fucking trigger warning. I mean, it definitely was for me. Um, so today I really, really wanted to get into, um, Lena and her business. Um, her business is called Rebel Tutoring. My daughter Zora partakes in it. I think she was one of the first members of the Rebel Tutoring squad. Yes, um, she was. Yep. And she is doing so well. The confidence and the swag that I see in her is, um, what's all the words that everybody loves to use in 2020? Unprecedented. Yes. So her swag is unprecedented. Thank you very much. And that's due all to Rebel Tutoring and Lena. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm to get into um, Lena, we talked right before we got on here and I told, I told you like all the things that I wanted to hear. I want you to big this shit up so hard. You gotta say all the words, girl, because people are listening and y'all need this. Y'all need this. Your children need this. Y'all need this. So. Lena, tell me, babe, like, what was it? What was the trigger for you? What was it that you were like, yo, something's missing? Um, there's a lot, right? I have 14 years in education and I have had so many different roles from like administrator, teacher, coach, um, dance instructor, after school. I worked, even worked at Pfizer. So I've been like all over the place working with different classes of people's kids, different um, culturally back, like backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds. And there's always this thing that every single job I went to, they would ask me, how can you control the class so well? That was like a common thread, no matter where I went. And the crazy thing about it is that they all use that word, control. Um, some people try to, you know, get fancy and call it managing. It's the same idea, control. And I remember when I was younger, I used to say, I don't know. Like, I just, I love kids. Kids love me. Um, and that is true. But I was so sick of how school systems beat kids down for being just like the kid that I was when I was in middle school and elementary school. I was that kid that parents, even parents now are like, oh, you know, but you know, I want my kid to get tutored, but he has ADHD. You know, it's almost like everybody does a disclaimer on kids before they allow you to meet them, um, before they allow you to build with them. Um, And it's not a bad thing. Like, I feel like as parents, they're trying to give you a warning of the things that give them trouble, right? The things that they struggle with. But as a person who's looking at it from the other lens, all I see is like a dis disempowered child right like I just see like a constant sucking of that kid's power and the things that that could be actually their superpower um being seen and deemed negative and that was me I was ADHD I was talkative I got bored I sold answers to tests I and not it wasn't until I had one teacher I can say in my whole career of like elementary middle school And even high school, I had one teacher who recognized that I wasn't being an asshole, 
right? I wasn't being disrespectful for the sake of being disrespectful. If I asked a question or I asked why, you know, like, oh, okay, everybody fold their hands. And I said, why? Right. That wasn't me going against your establishment or trying to break your system. I really wanted to know genuinely why. Why did I need to fold my hands? And it, you know, I'm I'm a child, I can control my hands. Like, and so it just became a, a common theme that for me was very negative. That kids were always looked at as um, you always something that you want to fix or something that you want to make better but in your image, not necessarily addressing or honoring what made that kid different or unique or special. Um, and that that literally was just like, I need something, I need a space for kids. And this has always been my dream. Um, and it's not full fruition, but rebel tutoring is the first step in that direction. Um, kids need a space, just like adults need a space, kids need a space where they feel that their differences are what make them superheroes. And rebel tutoring is the first step in that, um, in calming those anxieties and making sure kids understand that they are absolutely amazing the way they are and that anyone that comes into their life should just be trying to enhance that. And so that's, that's, how, that's how it got started. Um, just that idea of like, well, I love teaching and I love, I, and kids need to be empowered. Um, and I was doing all that work, right? Like you, you forget, um, somebody said it the other day, like we forget that our passion sometimes is part of our purpose. Um, kids are my passion. I love them. I love, I love talking to them. I love the grades that no one likes. I love middle school more than anything in the whole world. Um, everybody loves the little kids cause they're so cute. Um, I think middle school kids are cute. I think that they are in terms of like, why are we looking at kids aesthetically anyway, A, but B, right? That's not your, that's not your child. Why are you looking at them in that way? But, but B, um, I think that it's cute that they are evolving. I think it's cute that they are exploring and curious and questioning and pushing back because for me, that's the age where that activist starts. That's the age where that idea of I am separate from the society that I live in the environment that I was raised in. My parents have ideas, but I also have ideas. That's when it starts to blossom. Um, and so I definitely like, that's the ultimate goal is to open a middle school um, that has these exact tenets filled with teachers who believe in the ideas that I'm talking about today. Um, the number one idea is that um, confidence in general, academic confidence and academic success are not mutually exclusive. Um, and a child doesn't need to be, um, somebody told me the other day, I was talking to a teacher actually the other day, and they said something to the effect of this curriculum, I'm trying to like not word it exactly, but really he said, this curriculum is great because it allows us time to teach the kids that aren't as smart as the other ones in a, the strategies that those kids just get naturally. And I corrected him and I said, so it's not that they're not as smart as the other ones, their brains are all wired different. And some kids are wired for math. Some kids like literally can compute things in their heads. And some kids are wired for reading. They can read an extremely complex text and break it down better than an adult. But kids are smart. 
it's about the approach. It's about what you value. And the number one thing that kids want you to value is them. They don't want you to look at them and see a test score. They don't want you to look at them and see a deficit. And that's another thing. And that's where all these problems with all these charter schools are coming up with because kids are being seen as like pros and cons, right? Like if I'm misbehaving and that's possibly taking away from the lesson, instead of us looking for the root of why I'm misbehaving and trying to understand that child on a very personal level, we're saying you're distracting the rest of the group that are gonna be somebodies. So take your nobody ass out, right? They call the dean, which I was, they call whatever, to remove that child from an opportunity to learn because they don't see that that child, that child no longer has value. Now that child is a con. And I was just so sick of seeing that shit. Um, and I wish I could like jump into every classroom, right? And like say, you know what? Oh, he's a problem. Give him to me, give him to me. And have those kids academically excel past the other ones because that's really what it comes down to. Um, but rebel tutoring is that very first stepping stone into that idea, into this. It could end up being a whole um, system of theories, right? Like everybody loves and praise Doug Lamar for what he does, not realizing that it's, a lot of it is rooted in things that he saw that he just didn't understand. He calls it a no-nonsense nurturer. No, it's a, it's a relationship builder. It's a person who values children singularly without their academic component being attached to them. And people would like to systematize teaching. And that's, that's like something that I kind of get irritated about. Um, they want to systematize teaching without taking into account that every single child that you will encounter is an individual, has value in a different way, learns in a different way, needs to be reached in a different way. And is that hard? Yes, it's hard as fuck. But if you walk into this profession, that's your job. Your job is not to get the highest test scores. Your job is not whatever. Your job is to empower children to the point where they invest in their own learning. And through that investment, they achieve academic success and academic confidence. And then you don't have to work as hard about behavior. And then you don't have to work as hard about distractions. Um, everything kind of just flows on its own. I love it. That is beautiful. So when a person comes to you and they're like, hey, Lena, you know, I heard about you on Definitely Not For Everyone podcast. And I was wondering if I could have my child tutored by you for like math or writing or whatever. What are the first steps that they would um, expect when they come to you? So going back to like a very big tenant of rebel tutoring of this rebel life that I'm building this brand, um, the idea really is relationship building. So the first thing is I'm going to send a Google form and the Google form can be as simplistic as you want. You know, you can be as simplistic in your answers as you would like, or you can be you know, go super deep and get robust with what you feel and how you feel about your child. But the questions aren't questions like, oh, send me their report card or what was their last grade in math? It's actually nothing like that. It is what areas are you concerned about with your child? What are your child's strengths? What do they do well? Um, how's their home? Like, what do they think? Like, what does it work about in their home life? Like, th those are the kinds of questions because I'm not tutoring. Uh, computer. I'm tutoring a person. Um, and parents 
want like it's funny because oh, everyone always says parents are the first teachers of the child and that's obviously true right we're potty training them you teach them what to touch what not to touch with the words yes or no um you teach them you know positive love you teach them affection you teach them their numbers their colors you're the first ones who do all those things and i don't know when it happens that we decide that because they're in school we can let their hands go or let go and no longer be partners in the process. Like all of a sudden the weight gets shifted to stranger, right? And you don't know. Um, you haven't even observed, you haven't sat in on class, you had like you have no idea. And and let me tell y'all all right now, they completely act different when you're in the room. Like completely different. And you have no idea what your child's experiencing on a daily level in that way, but you trust these people. And to our conversation yesterday, you choose who you trust by their physical appearance. Now that shit is crazy, right? So a lot of people will, will push back on a person like me, depending on what I look like that day, right? Um, if I'm, you know, all gorged out and I have my makeup and things on, I've noticed parents approach me and talk to me more. If I'm wearing sweatpants with a t-shirt, even if it's family day, you probably won't approach me because in your head, you are building up who I am and what I am. And so it's funny to me that parents do this, but then they leave their kids like educational value to this person that they have no idea who they are. I'm recording though. <laughs> so either way, um, so that's the first thing I do is ask you, who are you, you know, as a parent and what is it that you're seeing in your child or not seeing in your child um, that you love, that you like, that you don't like? And then moving into that, just moving into that space. The second thing I do that is weird, I guess, is that the kid gets a Google form. Um, because it's not about you, mom, dad, right? Like my idea is that I will be a parent partner with you, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep you up on updates. I'm gonna do all those things and we'll talk about that in a second. But your kid is really important to me, how they feel. And so they get questions like, who was your favorite teacher and why? Um, how do you think you learn best? And then I give them multiple choice. So I don't, let, I don't put a lot of open-ended questions um, all the time for kids, because I think sometimes they need to have a mix of when they can speak and when a question is going to make them think so long that they actually start second guessing themselves. So with a question like that, like, how do you think you learn best? I give them options. I say, do you need to see it? Do you need to, um, do you need to say it? Do you need to see it and say it? Do you need to move when you do it? And they can click all that apply. So it's not even like it's multiple choice, really. It's kind of just like check all the ways that you as a learner have realized like, yo, I, I get it now, you know? Um, I do that for two reasons. One, because it's important for me as a tutor to, to understand from their perspective how they learn. But it's also a moment for the kids to tap into themselves, even if it's for like five seconds, just to say, oh man, I do learn better if the teacher shows it to me, says it out loud, and then I write it down. For, like for some kids, they just don't even realize that. And we are like demonizing it. Mind you, if you ask an adult how they learn, it'll take them a second to answer that question because 
you're not thinking about it. And then if you think back to when you were a kid and realizing that you were never taught or very seldomly taught the way that you learn, it starts to make those connections for you. So that first line is always, I give, um, I give that form. Then the second thing you'll get is a consultation. Um, and so what'll happen during this like 30 minute call is it's a relationship building call with your child. If you wanna be on the call, so I've had some parents that have kind of done the consultation with their child, that's fine. I've also had parents who do the first five minutes and then they leave and then they come back at the end. Um, and the reason for the consultation call is I want the kid to see who I am. I want them to get my vibe. I wanna make sure that I say all the things that I know that kid is worried about based on their intake form, based on what their parent has told me and their parents' concerns or from their intake form, and just from my general noticing their vibe. And yes, you can notice a kid's vibe through the computer. <laughs> it, is, it is, kids are so honest that they legitimately will allow you in as long as they feel safe. And so the number one job of that consultation is to get your child to see who I am physically, figure out if they vibe, and then make them feel safe and make them know that this is not something that means that they are. That's one of my first disclaimers with kids. Um, I hope you don't think that tutoring is for like people who like only need help or for tutoring for people that, you know, you're so far advanced that we need to get you ahead. And I tell them both sides so that they can say, wait, people tutor when they're ahead? Like, because they don't know. Um, and I make sure I say those little moments, and those little things, because kids, again, they are more observant and they are more understanding of what's going on than anyone gives them credit for. Um, and so those two first steps are really, really important um, before we even hit a tutoring session. And then after that, we schedule out our sessions. I love it. That's amazing. Um, so then from there, um, you mentioned something about check-ins or? So we start with our tutoring um, and the tutoring sessions are 100% customized. So I wanna make sure that I stress that because a lot of people pick tutoring companies and I'm not shading nobody. I'm not shading on anybody's company or anybody's stuff. Uh, only a little bit. What I am saying is, is that customized tutoring is a very different process and is also a very different outcome. Tutoring sessions that I give are completely customized to that kid. So when I say that, that 20 minute consultation, I get to know your kid. For example, um, I've recently uh, got a kid client, who, their daughter. You could talk about my kid. You talk about my kid. They are, she's like, talk about my baby. Okay, well, we know that Zetos loves singing. Um, she gets easily distracted. She's a horrible note taker, but she loves to gab. Like just little moments of talking to her about things that she likes, allowing her to lead the conversation. I noticed was the number one key to get her to open up to me. So we started there and she did, at first she was kind of resistant because we still had to do work, right? So a lot of parents are probably like, well, when do you get work done with all this um, relationship building and all this stuff? 
and you get work done in the middle. It's kind of crazy. And I know it seems like a little bit weird and I haven't systematized it, right? But it really is this idea of I'm working with your child and your kid tells me something like, I like unicorns. So if we're talking specifically about Miss Z, um, she told me she liked unicorns in fantasy, but that she didn't really like writing because writing was always about nonfiction stuff and writing was boring. And she felt like she didn't know where her ideas should go. So we started tutoring with her writing a fiction story about a girl turning into a unicorn. Now, the tutoring aspects where they come in, so simple, but most people don't think about it. When you're reading or writing fiction, you're looking at characters, you're looking at problems, you're looking at that come up throughout the novel or throughout the text, you're looking at how did they resolve it or did it get resolved? And then you're looking at lessons learned. Who learns the lesson? How did they learn it? How do they come out of it? This also ties very closely to reading comprehension. And if you can write in this way, then you can understand how authors write, then you can translate over to reading comprehension. So when you read it, you're reading it from the perspective of the author, you're already light years ahead because this is what they tell you to do in college, right? Like what was the writer's intent? And you know, a kid not really thinking about stuff in that way, that's a confusing ass question. So uh, Z started writing her story and I would just inject in there. Well, who are the characters? And she's like, oh, well, she has to have. And it just started to flow. Well, what's the problem? Well, the main problem is this. Yeah, that's the main problem. But you you know, you've seen movies, you've read books. Can we only have like one pro big problem? And that's it. She's like, no. I said, okay, well, what is someone? She's like, well, she doesn't know how to walk. I said, oh, that's an amazing way to start a story. Like, imagine you wake up a horse. Like, you don't even know how to stand up. Um, and that's how we started really diving deep into her reading comp and her organizing her thoughts. So it went from this idea of like um, graphic organizers. I kind of hate them. And it's because they're not organic. And it's this cookie cutter systematized way of teaching that it's like, oh, this will solve everyone's problems, but not everyone thinks that way. And so for her, her graphic organizer was this like very logical, right? Step stones in her story where I would just interject and ask questions. Then we moved into, she would write pieces and then I would write comments dealing with commas. So we would go over commas in the session and say, well, remember like, think about a comma like a big breath. I don't know why people don't just talk to kids like they're normal, right? A comma is a big breath. You're continuing with the same idea but you need to take a second. So you put a comma there. That's a period. Right, exactly. Your A period is literally how y'all say, period. The idea is over. We done. Stop talking. I don't want to hear it no more. And you start to teach in that way. You start to push them to understand grammar through their own life experiences, through the way that they speak. Um, I remember there was one time she was singing and I was like, uh, girl, and she stopped and I said, comma, and then she started laughing. So it was funny to her that like her real life moments, I would just insert random grammatical things like, or I would ask her, okay, what you just said, would that have a question mark, a period, exclamation point based on the way you said it? 
And she started to realize that there's times where her voice goes up as if it's a question, but it is a period, it's a period moment. So I said, well, then say it like it's a period moment. And she started to understand grammar through her own life, like her own actual speaking life, moving life. And then it started to translate. And so um, I think that that's one of the biggest things but parents don't want to be left out and I don't want to leave you out. So I try every week. I'm getting better. <laughs> um, it won't go past bi-weekly. I will send you a check-in or an update. And what that update will outline is what concepts we're doing. So I will list exactly out what the concepts are. I don't write in standard language because standard language is stupid. It's built for people who wrote it. It's not even built for teachers. I can't tell you how many meetings I sat in where the whole meeting was breaking down the standard. Like we're grown people and we have to sit here for an hour and a half breaking down the standard. That doesn't make sense to me. So I talk to parents the way I would want people to talk to me. And I give you a concept like a distributive property or organizing in writing or identifying the lesson learned consistently. And then I show you how that kid is doing week to week to week. Um, and I open it up and now once I get, I'm not going to lie, the first three weeks, I don't give as many suggestions, um, because I'm still feeling your kid out, but around week four or five, I will then start to insert things that you as the parent can do at home. That is not going to fuck with your schedule, right? It's not going to mess with how tired you are. Um, when you get home from work or when you get low, finally log off of being on screen for nine hours. This is something as simple as if you're cooking and your child is a person who helps you cook or you would like that to happen, call that kid over. And instead of saying, chop up those carrots, give them the whole carrot and say, chop that into tenths. Now your kid is looking at you at first like, what? And then you're like, you got this. Don't, don't hover, don't attack, don't whatever. See what they do. Just see what they do. Chop it into tenths. And whatever they do, if it's right or wrong, your job in that moment is to notice. That's all you're doing is noticing. If, if, it's, if they chopped it into five pieces, then you can say, now that's a big tip because this looks like one, two, three, oh, those are five pieces, so this is fifth. Can you just chop these in half for me and see what happens? Let go. When they chop each one of those in half and now they have tips, they just made a mathematical understanding that's going to come up later so I think it's like a combination of bringing you in through the updates so you know what I'm doing so you don't think I'm just taking your money and chilling with your child but it's also a moment for you as a parent to kind of be clued in to what's going on in here and even in here with your kid with someone who is working with them totally remotely um, until we get in person, <laughs> um, totally remotely, but really pushing your, the boundary of how much of a partner you can be, because I know it's hard. Like I'm working, I'm tutoring kids all day. The last thing, right. You think I want to do is help my kid with their homework, but it's about how you do it. Right. And it's about what, what questions you ask. You don't have to do the heavy lifting. I think that's the misconception. We think when we help our kids, we have to, Oh, I'm helping you with this poem. Well, that doesn't rhyme. What rhymes with bread? Red, red rhymes. Like now you're doing their work for them, right? So you just you just took all of their thinking out, and now you're mad because you're you're doing too much lifting, right? Instead of saying just 
little steps here and there. And so I give parents those. I'll say, hey, before your kid gets on the computer, she has to give you 10 multiplication facts and you spit them out. So if they're struggling with the three family, then you do three times two, three times eight, three times seven. Oh, and you count on your fingers and you let them. And when they're done, let them feel successful. Of course, you could go ahead and handle that computer. You just killed it and then walk away from them and leave them alone. Like that's, you know what I mean? So the other thing is like pushing them too much. So I make sure that I give parents these very small, you know, um, breadcrumb steps to help them build that rapport with their kid academically because we become frustrated so easily and nobody wants to think their kid is stupid. And so the minute that you start to kind of attack them, they start to feel stupid. They aren't stupid. They just feel that way because of your level of frustration. Yeah. Um, and so that's why that check-in is really important. That update is important. And I always say, like, try to say in there, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything, reach out to me. Um, and I always, always respond, like, to text messages or call you, like, oh, can I call you and talk to you about this concern? Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I also want the people to know that you go above and beyond, like truly, because talk to me about how you be calling up teachers at the school. <laughs> so um, I don't play the game of if I'm working with your child, it's not in isolation. Um, I try not to be disrespectful because teachers are people don't realize you know, how catty teachers are, too, like. So I didn't realize this until I was a teacher, but like if a kid grows, like let's say a kid grows a reading level, don't let no other teacher come around being like, oh, that's because I work with him one day a week. Like a teacher will lose her shit, like lose it. So, um, but I also am not going to allow a teacher to academically fail or to break. That's, that's my favorite thing to say, to break one of my kids um, in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I will call a teacher out. I have definitely, in the past week, I've sent out four emails um, to four different teachers who I believe are failing the kids that I'm tutoring. Um, and I don't have any qualms about saying, like, hey, I sent you an email, you sent me an email, and you never, ever came back on that. So it was good. Um, I need to talk to you about what you're teaching my, my student because you, what you're teaching is wrong. So we'll take Z again. Um, there's a plan that they are teaching the children in terms of writing at this school that irks the shit out of me. Why would you teach children when they are writing an outline to write out, completely write out their topic senses? So, some of you may be saying, what's so wrong about that? Like, it may be helpful. It may be helpful to some, but to a lot of kids, you know how fucking hard it is to write a topic sentence? Like, anybody in here has tried to write the first line of their essay, the first line of a text message, the first line of a breakup, the first line of a job um, responding to a, co a cover letter or a job interview. If you had to do that, you know how absolutely important that first line is. And if you don't even have your other ideas to back that shit up, you are now in panic mode. Like you have now entered a space that is very panic-filled anxiety. And then what happens? You feel dumb. 
you start to shut down. You believe that you can't do this because you can't do this very simple as the teacher said, because they always say it's not that hard. That first step. I don't teach kids that. I teach kids when you write, right? If you're responding to a question, what's the answer? Just stop. What's the answer, right? Write that one or two words. Don't write no sentences. Then go back and prove it. If you can't prove it using the text, then your answer might not be right. So just reevaluate. If you can prove it, you already now have answer, two pieces of evidence. Go ahead. You're ready to write. On the flip side, these long, drawn-out outlines, and I'm going to say that the reason why it irks me so much is because my daughter was a product of these fucking topic sentence outlines. And when my daughter got to ninth grade, she really believed, and I'm going to say this so that everyone understands the power of systematic teaching and like how it can destroy the under, like the concrete critical thinking of a child. My daughter was taught so many years in a row to do the outline with this topic sentence and then back it up. Yet she believed that's the same thing as a thesis statement. I'm going to let that sit because I need y'all to understand that a college essay that her, when she becomes an actress and she's looking through the script, all of these things can be affected because my daughter thinks that the first stupid sentence that she wrote is the same as the main idea of an, the central idea of an entire paper. My kid thought it was the first sentence. And that all came from this stupid ass outline that they're teaching these kids. And so I did, absolutely. I, I called them out on that and I told Z, the client, I told her, don't do that. <laughs> don't do it unless it works for you. And now you run into the problem of, I don't wanna be different, right? Like they don't wanna be different from what everybody else is doing. But at the same time, if you empower them, to understand what works for them. Do it if it works for you, but don't do it if it doesn't. It is, it is, it is really gonna change how your kid sees their own educational ability and their own educational voice. I also called, literally was on the phone yesterday for 45 minutes with two math teachers for another one of my clients. Um, and I had to tell them to their faces, so what's your relationship with Okay. And they said to me, well, I don't really have one. I said, well, then you're not going to get nowhere. And they stopped me and they said, what do you mean? I said, you know, they said, oh, well, you know, Kay's kind of closed off. Doesn't really. I said, yeah. Have you asked Kay what they're interested in? Did you build a relationship before you started jumping into all this curriculum? Because now Kay doesn't care about you because you don't care about Kay. It's just that simple. They told me that the child turns off the camera when they ask her a question and she feels uncomfortable. Yes, that is. And, and all of us would say, if that was a grown woman, okay? If a grown woman was FaceTiming with a man and that man was saying or doing things that made that woman uncomfortable, we would not blink that that woman turned off her camera or hung up the phone on that. But because it's a child, right? And there's this like weird dynamic of like, um, what's respectful and not respectful, but what's protecting myself and how that also like folds into respect, they would notice that because you lacked 
a relationship with this child, she is now so apprehensive to participate in your class. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you, but it does mean something is wrong with your approach. And I was able to get through to them, I hope. Um, I guess I did because they shared all of the curriculum with me. I'm talking about they sent me everything, the teacher book, the student book, the answer key, everything. I got it all um, because they were like, well, this is going to be a great relationship. And I'm just like, yeah, as long as you build a relationship, because if you don't, I'm going to have mommy put me in. And that's another thing I will do. I will go to your parent teacher conference with you, whether that's on a phone and I'm sitting there in Zoom listening because I'm not going to allow it to happen where a child is being put in that seat completely of a villain. Yes, they have accountability. Yes, they do things that they shouldn't do. Absolutely, they're growing up. You learn to push boundaries or what boundaries are by pushing them, right? But I think parents just, you should trust your child's teacher, but there needs to be a boundary to where you are allowing your child to have a voice in that, in that relationship. And if you can't, I will. That's beautiful. Um, shit, is there anything else you want to tell the people about the business before we finish up our conversation? Um, I think the biggest thing that I want to make sure that I say is that, again, it goes back even to, it goes back to mindset. Um, I sometimes think of tutoring like therapy. Um, and a lot of people don't like to consider therapy because they think that means that something is wrong with them, wrong with their kid, wrong with um, something that's going on. And it's not. The same way that when you are sick and you it's more than a flu and you can't handle it, you go to the doctor and you allow the doctor to shine his like medical flashlight all around and figure out what's wrong. Um, sometimes tutoring, and especially rebel tutoring, is a tool to allow a child to feel successful, to allow a child to understand that their shortcomings are not um, deficiencies. That is something that is really, really big to me. Um, and I make sure that I do build that relationship both with the parent and the child so that they can understand. Like if I offer you, um, I had a mom tell me, uh, oh, I just got to get my schedules together so that I can get this tutoring going. And my response to her was, we do that too. So rebel tutoring isn't only like, yes, we, if you just want tutoring for your child, we can do that. But other services that people don't know about or aren't as advertised as much my own doing is we do parent coaching services. So if there is an issue with your child, like, oh, bedtime routine or just organizing or keeping myself and them on the same schedule or whatever, we do that. So I have run many a workshop where we talk about balancing home life and school life, um, how to spend time with your child without making you like, without feeling like shit because you actually are tired. <laughs> you don't wanna be there and you don't wanna play this game. So how do you deliver those messages in a way that your child starts to actually understand and needs to understand boundaries? So parent coaching on systems, routines, um, schedule settings, um, boundary settings, all of those services are also available. Um, just if you are a mom, you're like, I'm overwhelmed. And it's something that you want to just talk through a dad 
that's like, I don't know how I fit in to my child's academic life, whether that's because you are working, or that's because you're separate from the mom. Um, I want to start doing a lot more of those um, classes for dads to, to understand, like, how do you interject, right, into meetings? How do you use your daddy force um, in order to become a united front, regardless of how you feel about, you know, your child's mother or whatever have you. So those services for adults are also available. This is not, this is like, again, we're back in the classroom where people are saying that some people are naturally gifted and some people are dumb. You're not. Parenting is, there is no book for your child unless you, and if you pop the handbook out with your baby, let me know what's going on in your situation. Um, but no one's kid is born with a handbook and this parenting shit is hard. I truly believe it takes a village and rebel tutoring wants to be that village educationally and confidence and empowerment wise to your family. We can do this together. Yeah. Yes, 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 Lena. Thank you so, so much. I think that you are amazing. You are brilliant. My child is lucky um, that you are her tutor. Um, so I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you so much. Um, I appreciate the time that you put into talking to me today and to being on the podcast, as well as the part one that everybody needs to listen to as well. Um, it's so important, both messages um, from part one and this one. Y'all need this. Call her up. How do they find you? So you can email rebeltutoring1 at gmail.com. You can DM me, slide into my DMs on Instagram, rebeltutoring. Um, we're also on Facebook, rebeltutoring. Um, and I'm not going to give my number on here, but it is available on all of those platforms. So reach out, like, don't be scared. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I love y'all for listening. I hope you keep listening um, and you'll hear us soon. I'll talk to y'all later. Love y'all. Love and light. Deuces. We out. Oh,